Welcome campers to another Campfire Gaming Podcast Book Club episode. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Ion Fury. Sit back, grab a cup of tea, and join us as we take you through the violent adventure that is Ion Fury. Gentle Feathers. Welcome to the podcast. How are we doing today on this Tuesday, the 30th? Doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? Yeah. Alive, upbeat, smiling a little bit. Um, you know, I got my vitamin water with me. and uh, just Sponsorship. Ooh, if only. I'd love some free vitamin water. Yeah. Sponsored yeah. by, or not really sponsored by vitamin water and Xbox Game Pass. We did it, guys. We made <laughs> <Yay>. it. <laughs> we've we've arrived. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about our latest book club game, and that happens to be Ion Fury, developed by Void Point. Um, it's on a lot of platforms. You play it on the Nintendo Switch, apparently. I did not know it was there, so that's cool. Uh, the PlayStation Surprise. 4, uh, Windows, Xbox, all those places. Um, so that's kind of neat. I thought Why it was do you got to leave Linux only. out like that? Because Linux is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me, Chris, not on the podcast. Other Chris, Linux is dumb. I say, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, the guy I used to work with is super big into Linux. Um, got really mad that his like, work laptop couldn't be Linux, and then he made alterations he probably shouldn't have. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Mike just got Chris in trouble. <laughs> nobody listens from that place. Um, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, maybe they do. That'd be neat if they did. Hello. Um, basically... Ion Fury is a first-person shooter in the vein of, like, an old um, Doom or, say, uh, what is that? Wolfenstein. Um, things like that. So it's Duke a newer... Duke Nukem 2, yep. It's a newer version of a game like that. So it's first-person shooter in kind of a retro style of graphics. Lots of blood. Lots of killing. You guys want to get into it? Let's do it. Rich, this was your pick, so why don't you give us a brief overview of what the game was sure or is it's still there it's not gone right yeah so i mean you kind of touched on it a little bit already but uh this is one of those games that was um has the same look and feel of a 90s retro shooter um big reason for that is that they actually built it using the same engine that they used to build duke nukem so this is using what's called the build engine um developed by ken silverman you know ages and ages ago um, I believe the engine since then has been open sourced. Um, although this is still published by 3D Realms. So that's the the publisher, the original publisher, and I think developer of Duke Nukem back in the day. Um, so I don't know. I mean, for from the, the get-go, we can kind of cover the, the story of it. I mean, there really isn't much, I'll just say, is that uh, you play as uh, um, Shelly Harrison, with the nickname of Bombshell. 
Shelly Bombshell Harrison. Um, she's uh, like I said, the the story That's is a good nickname for a Shelly Bombshell. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, like I said, there there isn't a whole lot of story going on here. It takes place in a distant kind of like cyberpunky future, and there's uh, Doctor Haskell who is uh, basically running a cult, and basically convinces all of his cult followers to essentially kind of mutilate their bodies and become essentially cyborgs. You know, fuses them with like different robotic parts and things like that. And so now you have to navigate through a bunch of, you know, chapters and levels like you would a proper retro 90s shooter. Uh, Big variety of weapons uh yeah i mean like like i said the as far as story goes i mean it would be as much story as you would expect from like you know kind of like a duke nukem or a doom there's not much to it but that's not exactly where the uh the that's not exactly what the focus is of the game is it's not yeah, the it's narrative not really the point yeah the narrative is not really the focus i spent um, a little time trying to go find the narrative and there's really not much out there no, other no. than what I mean, they if you give want, you. And you I was can, like, yeah, you can read the synopsis that they gave that they give in the, the menu. And that's about as much of a, mm-hmm. yeah, it's about as much as you get out of it. Just some made up, you know, nonsense about the, what is it? The, the GDF. Is that what Shelly works for? Mm-hmm. You get to play as, uh, yeah, you play as corporal Shelly with her trusty lover boy, the, the six, the eighteen round six shooter. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I guess actually the, really liked that gun. It is really I, good. Yeah. Like I the right too. click on that. The right click amazing. was a, was yeah. insane. Yeah. I used that gun all th- my main gun throughout the whole game. I'm a little embarrassed to say I never figured out how this this game doesn't hold your hand, which is fantastic, right? Like so a nineties retro out, shooter. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. had to figure out all, all the <laughs> in stuff in every yourself. way except trying to figure out where the hell to go. Right. I, I I never figured I didn't I didn't know how to use the the right click or the alternate fire for the lover boy. But it was still a great gun. I used it a lot. <laughs> but it's so yeah, it's so good. Such a good gun. Um so funny enough like one of the things that I found out after we started playing this game is I didn't know that this was actually a prequel. I don't know if you guys knew that. Like released as a prequel? It Not is a what? It is a prequel of 2016's Bombshell of appropriated, you know, appropriate named title. Oh. Follow yeah. Shelly. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So th- it's it takes place sometime in the future after Shelly apparently has her arm blown off at some point. She's got like a robotic arm. It's a like a action third person shooter. It's like it's not really a third person shooter. It's more of like an action RPG. It's really weird. It got actually really crap reviews, which is probably why none of us have ever heard of it. Uh, but you can find it on Steam. Um, this game has kind of a weird history, actually. It uh, it apparently so Shelley started off as a character that was supposed to be originally in Duke Nukem Forever, like way way back when Duke Nukem Forever was like first starting to be a thing, like the original, you know, when they before it entered development hell. So she was supposed to be kind of like a sidekick character like all the way back then. And then through all the various iterations and things like that, she didn't actually ended up she didn't actually end up making the cut on Duke Nukem Forever when that abomination did get released. And then 
<laughs> they were going to apparently make a third Duke Nukem game through 3D Realms and Voidpoint. And then I don't know if there was like some legal issues or something like that that kind of got in the way of that. So they weren't, they actually had to scrap a lot of the, uh, the Duke Nukem stuff out of the game. And then they basically just said, okay, well, we'll just cut Duke Nukem out of it and we'll just use Shelly and she will be the main focus, the main character of this game series or this game. And so, yeah, apparently the original game didn't do at good at all, but apparently they felt it was necessary to make a prequel to it in the same vein that Duke Nukem was through the build engine, which I think was actually a really creative and kind of clever idea. You know, kind of like... I mean, it was kind of weird going from like an action RPG to... I mean, I guess back to a first-person shooter. I guess that's more back to the roots of it. But yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know. I think it was a really cool and creative choice to go back to a retro game engine to develop this game, which is why I was so fascinated by it in the beginning, which is a big reason why I picked it, because I was like... That was one of the big draws to it, is that they developed it in such an old engine just because they wanted to. You know, it was a creative choice to do that. Yeah, it was kind of a nostalgic trip since they kind of went back to that 90s style. It was just like, yeah, I remember playing all these games that look like this. And <laughs> ironically, they never actually looked this good, even if it was the same type of art style. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I almost felt like I had to, I should have bumped it down. This was it 640 by 480 resolution to get the real, there you go. real feel for it. Yep. Run it in DOS. Yeah. 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 That would have been, uh, it's nice having the all the HD textures and things like that. And 144 um, frames a second. <laughs> right. Yeah, I did like that a lot actually. Um, but I mean, I mean, just to to kind of address, I guess, the somewhat of an elephant in the room. I mean, this game isn't without its own like, you know, because Duke Nukem was already kind of a controversial figure and kind of brings out some very interesting, you know, opinions and certain kinds of jokes and things like that from from development um this game had a lot of really bad controversy surrounding it just kind of days after it was actually released um although we're not really going to get into that on this episode of the podcast i mean uh, a lot of that was kind of you know kind of kind of bad stuff kind of political stuff and it's not really something that we're looking to cover on this episode we're looking to cover more so just just the game itself. And we want to really talk about what, you know, if the game is actually good in our opinion or anything like that. But so, I mean, if you're listening, go do your due diligence. If this is something that, you know, that is kind of, that is concerning to you. Um, you know, you'll find a lot of articles about this from the time period. So, you know, this is already kind of like a couple years old news, but so you'll be able to find information about it and you can kind of make judgments for yourself if you're thinking about buying this game or what have you, but just, wanting to get and jump in front of that before you know someone says like we're just trying to like hand wave it away or something like that we know that it it is a thing but that's you know we're kind of choosing not to talk about it right now but besides that i mean beyond that funny enough there there was also just more just nonsense that went with this game was like i found out that the, the game actually... So, yeah, this is what really confused me is that when I originally was looking into this game, I remember it being called under a different title. Did you, did you guys know about the, the, the title change? 
for the game. I, I actually just yeah, I, I didn't just, look into it. No. Yeah, I honestly so, was looking for videos for the story and I stumbled across this news. So. Right, right. Yeah, so the the original title for the game was actually Ion Maiden, which is apparently the name of I think one of the weapons from the bombshell game. And so I mean, if you think of like how closely of a name that resembles to another name, they were actually sued by Iron Maiden at one point to get the game, <laughs> to get the, the the name of the game changed or something like that. Or they, they wanted to get a whole bunch of money from them from a lawsuit um, just for likeness. And I think one of like the 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 skull icon on on the actual bomb of the game is very resemblant they said of like something from an album cover or something like that it, it's really weird but yeah i remember seeing it as ion maiden when i was first looking through looking at this game on steam and i remember i just kind of like put it on my wish list and kind of forgot about it for a while until i just recently picked it up and i'm like i thought i remember this being a different name like I th- like it looks like the same game but it like i was like it looks I don't remember why the name changed, but apparently that's why. And I thought that was just something that was kind of interesting about it. There's a um, lot of little jokes and and stuff in in the game that were were pretty interesting. But right. yeah, it was funny to hear about that. That I, I I don't maybe I heard about this game back when it was Ion Maiden um, and just forgot about it. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if this ended up getting released to like early access or something, which is why it might have been that but i know a lot of i mean even all the way back to its release they refer to it as ion fury so yeah maybe it was like an early access thing or something like that um what was interesting about this is uh so kind of going into the gameplay of it you know it, it is very 90s to a t right i mean like you have everything from like collecting colored key cards to um, you know, the 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 whole game is broken up into various segments, like chapters essentially. Again, like like an old 90s, you know, shooter. And so you have various levels um that kind of encompass an entire zone, and you have several zones until you basically reach the end of the game. Um, I want to point out with all the levels, one thing I found really cool um is if you guys didn't notice, yeah, there was hard stops to levels and there was like some bosses, right? So you knew when it, you know, a level ended, but um, it was all continuous. It was just like, you know, like playing Half-Life, right? Except for Half-Life never stopped every few levels to throw up a screen and say, you're not good enough because you didn't kill everybody and find, <laughs> you didn't find all the secrets. <laughs> right. Did you guys do a lot of the, the secret hunting no. or like killing everything? <laughs> I had a hard enough time trying to get through levels just to like do that. I was not interested in secret farming. I was like, oh, nope, this is going to this is going to take me forever. Yeah, what- here's. Here's the screen. This is what it says when you complete a zone. It gives you all the kills out of however many enemies are in a level. Same thing with the secrets, how many you got and how many there are. But it says, great job, but real players aim for 100%. Are, are you, you a real, real player? player? <laughs> yep, yep. I got nope. me. Um, I am not. I didn't, I didn't like go out of my way to try to kill everything or find secrets. I, I was really bad at finding secrets, but the kind of explorer in me i did do a lot of like just searching all the levels and running around so you know i ended up stumbling on you know maybe four or five in a level usually um just from exploring i know about halfway through the game i just started shooting vents vent covers (laughs) you find out that a lot of times those lead you to secret areas surprise Mm -hmm. um you know i didn't do the whole 
what was that Wolfenstein where you just kind of run across the wall helping there's a hidden panel button. I did that way too many times in this yeah. game I'm like it'll work it'll work it'll work <laughs> it'll work I did it in some areas where it seemed like like uh was it the one of the later levels when you're in was it Heskel's House of Horror you know that's how I found the um, secret area behind the fireplace mm-hmm. I was like oh there's a bunch of bookshelves there's probably and stuff something here. there probably yeah. something here um, but yeah I think that got better as you went along, like from the beginning of it, um, just kind of thinking like, oh, crap, I don't know where I'm going. And then, oh, I forgot all about secret areas. You know, I haven't played um, a game like this in a very long, long time. So as we went on further, it was like, oh, yeah, OK, vent. Yep. I'm going to roll a grenade in there uh, or like a specific thing that looked like it was potentially out of place or could be something. So I think it was just readapting to that 90s retro style um you know, game just coming back to it. It all flooded mm-hmm. back after a while. <laughs> what uh, what difficulty did you guys end up playing on? There's four of them. I was gonna ask that. Um, I just kind of went with normal, wanting yeah. carnage, whatever the default was. Okay, yeah, that's what I played on as well. Uh, I thought you were badass when I played Maximum Fury. No, no, I wanted to get through the game. <laughs> I say we had a timeline on yeah. getting this done, <laughs> right? I'm not going to lie. I switched to first blood in the first level. I could not fight my way through that freaking um, cow that like that courtyard area with all the crap. I could not get through that for the, oh, the, 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 the kind of boss area. Yeah. 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 It wasn't I, really like, a boss, but it was, just... it wasn't necessarily a boss, but it was just like, you know what? I could not get through that area without dying. And I was oh. like, "F this!" I am. There's just a ton of ads. I was like, "You know yeah. what? I, I'm going to easy mode." <laughs> yeah, where they kind of like it, dump you off in the beginning of like one of the new first zones or something like that, and then they just keep sending like a whole bunch of guys at you. Oh, yep. that spot. Yeah, that spot. That's spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That spot did suck. I, I was like, there a I, lot. if this is gonna be the whole thing i don't have time to get through it like this so i, I dumbed right. it down to and i still kind of died a lot so <laughs> yeah it's i mean it it reminded me a lot of and i think it was kind of practice for a game like this once i switched my brain to thinking this way was doom 2016 and doom eternal mm-hmm. it was yep. like okay like yeah i started kind of playing not necessarily like a normal first person shooter but a little more you know safe kind of casual but um, then I realized like, yeah, you kind of take damage and it's tough. And some of the enemies hit pretty hard and, and then finally I'm like, F it. And I just started, you know, Q doom soundtrack. I just started wrecking right. things, yep. you know, um, the other thing that helped me too, um, I do miss playing PC sometimes because the, uh, F six and F nine key were too commonly used keys by me. So that's your quick save and quick load oh okay. gotcha. i never actually ended up using those one thing i actually did really appreciate about what you know the, the game does a very nice blend of um keeping in some antiquated features from you know 90s retro games while also adding in features from like modern you know modern style first person shooters things like they do have a lot of really good checkpoint areas where you you know, don't have to keep, you know, mashing the auto save button or anything like that. Um, some of the weird things, like one of the weirdest things that I, I don't know if I, I don't think I really liked it very much about the game was that even though this is very reminiscent of a 90s shooter, they still put in like reloads, like reloads for every mm-hmm. one of your guns is weird. 
And especially because they don't actually give you a counter for how much yeah, ammo you have to no run through before you have to reload. And that tripped mm. me up so many times when I like switched off a weapon, used something else, and then switch, you know, switched back to like say the lover boy, and I just popped two shots, and I'm like, oh, I have to reload, I guess, you know. That really got me weird. killed a lot. Yeah, to be honest. like <laughs> jumping back and forth between some of the different weapons. And then you go back to Loverboy and you're like, ah, and you try and do the, you know, the right click or the secondary action and you shoot once and that's it. <laughs> and then you're reloading. I'm like, no, you were all supposed it, to die. <laughs> it right. basically became me hitting as soon as a big fight's over, it's just cycling through all the guns and hitting the reload button just to make sure I didn't get caught in those situations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like on the flip side, one of the things I actually really liked is that a lot of the different types of enemies you know, you had to utilize the toolkit of, you know, the different weapons that you were given. Mm-hmm. And it would be way more beneficial to say, throw a bowling bomb at one of those like weird scorpion or like the weird snake things. Cause then you just blow all those up or using the ion bow on it or something like that mm-hmm. to be able to hit all the whole train of them at once. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus like, yeah, just trying to keep mashing the lover boy at it or whatever. But, you know, was yeah. anybody else really bad with those grenades? Like, I could not mm-hmm. roll accurately to save my... Like, if it was a long roll, I could do it. But if you're trying to get it into, like, a corner of a room, like, you had oh, to bounce awful. it, like, nine times just to get it to stay put in the spot you wanted. I, I found... I felt like it bounced weirdly enough. So, what was it? What's it called? Just so for listeners, it's called the bowling, the bowling bomb. bomb. Yep, the bowling Where, bomb. Yeah, you roll it, and if it hits something, it explodes. I was like, yeah, you'd angle right so that you, when you throw it straight and it should like bounce like this way. But there's times where it's like I roll it that way, but somehow like it defies physics and bounces like <laughs> back the, the other way. Yeah. Um, the other problem I had was like sometimes I would throw it and there'd be just that like one piece of something in the room, right? Or like, you know, in the way. And I would always throw it at that and then it would just come bouncing back at me or off to, you know, away from the enemy. So I'm not 100% sure if this is how it works, but I do think that with the bowling bombs, there is a little bit of magnetism towards an enemy. So that when you do throw it, if it gets close enough, it'll start rolling towards enemies and then explode. I think that's what it does, but I could be, you know, just, you know, maybe it just bounced off of something or something like that. Mine always um, bounced away from enemies, it seemed like. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I didn't really have that problem. I mean, yeah, like I, I was usually pretty on point with the bowling bombs. And I think that that was probably, besides probably the shotgun and the lover boy, was probably the weapon that I used, one of the weapons that I used the most. I would say like the top five, like maybe the top three being like maybe the shotgun the ion bow and I think the bowling bomb probably being like the most used that I that I took advantage of. Early on, I think I used a lot of the lover boy and shotgun, but as yeah. the enemies got a little bit more complicated, um, I saw myself using like the ion bow was really good for the flying things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if those flying red things that shoot rockets yeah. at you, dude, oh my those god, things were it, assholes, dude. They were asshole. Like I remember, there was one, there was one instance where I was on the, uh, the level with like all the sewers, like all the like the like the big mm-hmm. water station that you were in, and I remember there was one 
where you have to hop into like a broken piece of wall and he was literally like right around the corner and I didn't see him and I just walked right past him and then all of a sudden I just took like a shit ton of damage because every <laughs> single one of those yeah. rockets landed a hit on me and I'm just like oh I guess I'm dead okay or they do a ton of AOE when they're close you know if yeah. they hit a wall near you but yeah. like they pissed me off because like I swear like they would purposely you'd be fighting in a room of just just random enemies or whatever. And then like halfway through the fight, they'd sneak one of those guys in and then you just like almost die or die. And you're like, what? The? And then you find out it's one of these red bitches flying around. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, those are the probably that and the little the uh, spider skull things. I don't know. I Those were creepy. These, cool. They just things. are annoying. Like they were, they were really cool, and, but they were just so annoying. And yeah, and, and they were, the, they always uh, threw a ton of them at you. My brain yeah. always said, like, switch to the shotgun for them for some reason, like you're shooting at the ground, scattered. They jumped perfectly mm-hmm. every single time um, I would go to shoot. I was uh, like, you know, when I'm going to hit this button, don't you? <laughs> the alternate fire for Lover Boy saved me with those guys because it would oh. just lock onto them and yep, pop yep. them off. Oh, I, I was. Uh... I switched to dual submachine guns for that, and it was just like, oh, burp, there you go. Burp, burp. The dual submachine guns, that and the ion bow, were the two things I used against those those red flying things. Those seem to do pretty pretty good. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I do want to ask because I didn't notice this till I was probably on level five or six. There's only seven levels or something like that it's up here yeah it's seven small. levels um there's an auto aim in the game i didn't look in the control scheme so i was about to put this as like a, a problem that i had with the game that my aiming like sometimes just stopped working it was so weird um and and then i went to look in the controls and found out there's an auto aim and yeah, the you can auto aim off. i realized Actually, I, like probably one of the reasons I hated those spiders is because once they got close to you, the auto aim had a lot of trouble, I think, when they were like right on you. Right. And um, there was also other times where like, you know, I'd aim at somebody and like automatic headshot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm really cool. <laughs> and then other times I like, completely miss people. I'm like, what? Um, but no, uh, just for the sake of consistency, um, I did continue. I knew what was causing it when I something goofy or weird happened, but I left it on again to just kind of consistent experience throughout the whole thing. But um, yeah, just point that out. There is an auto aim, which is helpful and also sucks at the same time. So yeah, it's kind I of a 50 50, but that's auto aim for you. Yeah. I didn't want to use it. I just turned it off right away. I would have turned it off if I'd been smart enough to go into the control section of uh, the settings. So <laughs> I felt so weird playing on a PC like in every step of the way that I didn't good, know where didn't to it? go. Eh, not so good. On, like, good. like the, the like WASD thing was mm-hmm. killing my hand by the end of this, but um, I didn't know where the options were really. Like I knew escape got you to him, but I was like, I don't, I don't even mm-hmm. need to adjust. I would have even thought to think of the um, auto aim as an aspect. So, yeah, that's one of those kind of newer features that the, that, you know, a lot of retro shooters never really had. I think that's why, you know, I think most shooters don't really have auto aim in it. Um, um, not for PC. PC. Yeah. So I think that's they why might, I never like, like thought a of little, Like maybe if you're playing like single player games, it might have a little bit of like bullet magnetism or something like that yeah. to kind of like give a little bit of assistance to it. But yeah. But not, not an actual auto aim. Right. But yeah, no, I was, I was surprised it was on. And again, I was 80% of the way through the game and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to change it. We're we're already killing things, and I'm awesome <laughs> at this game. So, 
no reason to change. Um, but yeah, those little spider dudes are stupid. Yeah. No, I just whipped out my, my stun baton and just meleeed them. It was like, come at me, bro. Just hit them with the little stun baton. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it. I did, I did want to throw my two cents in here. That centipede thing. I thought it was just like what anybody that realizes that you can just throw a, a bowling bomb at them. Like once I figured that out, I was like, these are the stupidest things in the world. Mm-hmm. Cause from so far away, you can just throw a bomb. And I never had any problems until like occasionally through the game, you might drop into like a little room where there's one in there and you know, then it's all crap and he hits you with your, his acid attack or whatever. But yeah, like, I mean, these are really dumb for the most part. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of enemies that gave me a trouble except for like a select few and a few of them being those, those red dudes with the rockets the mm-hmm. um the weird like the 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 weird like muscly dudes with the with the blue flame head yeah, or whatever they could kind of zip around mm-hmm. and ghost out yeah yeah we don't i have no and idea what guys. the names of any of these things are because it, yeah, they it doesn't tell you <laughs> the game just never yeah. never mentions yeah. it it doesn't very it's... little information mm-hmm. and then the um um i don't know they're like the they're like a dog thing that like runs and jumps at you you know, they have like the big claws or whatever. I didn't really oh, necessarily have trouble with them, ones. but man, yeah. those dudes hurt. See, the the those big weird dudes that, you know, came running at you and then would jump every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Um, those, yeah, they hit like a truck. Um, for me, that like those those guys were easy with either the grenade launcher or the bowling bomb. Because mm-hmm. you would you would if I saw one coming, I'd be like, okay, start rolling one or two of them or pull out my grenade launcher. And two or three hits of either the bomb or the grenade launcher usually um you know got him pretty good but the those those blue flamed head dudes again i kind of found like assuming i had was it min, mini gun i don't what's it yeah, called the chain, chain gun, gun. The, the chain gun assuming i had ammo for that if i saw one as long as you start hitting them first usually that you could kill them real quickly um but yeah those were the those three were probably you know again the spider guys is just f them they're stupid but yeah the red flying things the weird gorilla things and then the the blue flamey head guys were probably the ones I found uh, uh, to be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I mean, so what did you guys think of some of those bosses? I mean, I guess it might be a little late to say this, but yeah, I guess we'll be getting into spoiler territory at, uh, on this, you know, talking <laughs> it's about this club. game. But spoiler we alert. We're talking about the game. Spoil- spoiler have. alert, you know, like 20 minutes into the episode, but <laughs> um, yeah. So what did you guys think of the boss fights? I mean, there was only a couple of them. Let's let so there was the mech. Yep. The ship. Yep. The two robot. The double robot guys. The yeah, double the robots double robot. on the and then the it elevator. kind of repeated the uh, mechs later on. There's a boss fight, but you weren't really fighting the boss. Oh, you mean the actual end game? Yeah. When yeah, you're fighting Haskell. Really. Yeah. You're really just trying to blow them up while mobs come at you. Um I'll say it. Fuck that robot first one. Yeah. So P attack <laughs> with the with the grenade launcher. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would shoot it from so far away and it covered such a wide area. And it always seemed to still be able to track you regardless of how far away or how much I ran around it. Um, honestly, that's the only one I really struggled with. Um, the airship was that was more annoying because it kept dropping things and it's like, I don't want to mm-hmm. worry about these little minions. I just want to shoot you. That was more of an annoyance. The two robot dudes 
just kind of kept going in a circle, hitting them with things. I was going to say, I, you, I, I mean, I had so to much, use my med weapons kit. at that point. I had to use my med kit a few times, but I mean, it's, it wasn't. I beat it first try. The, really, the only one I struggled with was that that first one, that mech. Yeah, I think I killed the mech after like two or three attempts or something like that. Eventually, I just kind of like all I did was just Got throw us over here. Yeah, I know, right? All I did was just throw bowling bombs at it, and then eventually it just died. The first like couple of times, the reason I was like I was struggling because I was just running out of ammo. You know, I was throwing literally everything I had at it, and I was just like, okay, all I have left are like, yeah, you know, a couple of lover boy shots and maybe a shotgun round or two, and I'm like, yeah, how, how do I kill this thing? That I think that's that what made it a little bit of trouble for me too, is I was pretty pretty low on ammo. I didn't mm-hmm. have any machine gun. I didn't have a ton of bowling bombs. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I could get up there. You could get right up on it and knock it down to half health and, yeah. you know, no problem. But then it would just turn and just shit, you know, grenades everywhere. And you'd be like, you know, obviously you learn and you get out of there real quick before you <laughs> before he starts doing that. But yeah, it was just not a ton of ammo after that. Um, so that probably helped with my struggles. I mean, yeah, the lack of ammo. And then on the like the second boss, the airship was just a joke. Because I mean, that was the most drawn out, unnecessary thing that I've seen. Right. And it was just, it was just a joke because, like, so at that point, you have the chain gun, and then there is a box of unlimited chain gun ammo just sitting right there on the rooftop where you're fighting this thing. And all I had to do was, like, all you had to do was just strafe on top of you just had to move on top of it. So I was just like holding the chain gun down and just moving on top of the box, just constantly refilling my ammo. And I'm like, like what the po- what the hell is the point of this? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just a joke. You guys find the the hidden area in the pool? Yeah. Yes. Yep. If you swim no. in the pool, Mike, there was a broken wall. You could shoot stuff at it. Uh, yeah. Nope. Didn't then do it. Health and armor. Yeah. No. That was that airship was just. I didn't. I didn't do it quite like you. Was, I more backed away and then would shoot the minions and then shoot the ship and then if I ran out of ammo, I'd run up and grab some more. But yeah, it was. That was an it, extensive fight. Like even if you just hammered on it the whole time, you know, it was still long. Like the amount yeah, of hit points that thing had, or the amount of hits it could take, I, I just felt was obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and as far as the uh, like the two battle bots that you had to fight, I mean, I thought that one was also in, like incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. You mean you could just run around a circle in a room? Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. you just ran yeah. around a circle in a room, and you just <laughs> gave them ammo, or you just pumped <laughs> ammo into them, and eventually yep. they'd fall yep. over. And they didn't really, I mean, they weren't really doing anything that would be threatening. If you think about it, the the mech and the two little robot guys. Yeah, they came up and they had to health bar like a boss, but those were just kind of crazy areas to introduce new enemies to you. You didn't see the mech a ton more. You saw them, I think, once or twice more in the later levels. Um, but then, you know, again, I guess the two robot guys you saw a lot more frequently in the last few levels. But um, I mean, I they were easy, but it was kind of a fun experience to just you because it's the whole restricting you to that small area mm-hmm. with two of these things coming at you. Um, and obviously skilled people like us that played doom know that you just kind of, you know, just go in a circle and shoot pew pew. It was easy, but 
you know, other people might have some trouble that aren't as skilled as us. I know. Look at us yeah. playing on normal difficulty, talking <laughs> about how easy those bosses are. Mm-hmm. If you've played Dark Souls, you just spin around in circles until yeah. the boss dies. That's just just how it works. Sure. Like you stand in place and you just spin around. You just go. Yes. Ooh. No, you you spin around the boss and you just <laughs> chop at them the whole time and they, they fall over. Get out of the way of the big nuke and then go back in and chop each other. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think of the final boss battle when you're fighting? Same Pascal? as the, yeah, same as the rest of them. They're just a lot of the boss battles in this game were super easy. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I guess like looking back on it, I don't remember like even playing Duke Nukem or anything like that. I don't remember the boss fights being hard. I don't remember the boss fights at all from <laughs> Duke Nukem. It was just like the alien in the middle of the football field. And all you yep. did was just run around in a circle and shot oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you punt his eye through the, the uprights. Through the uprights, yeah. Yeah. yeah and they that. recreated it for forever. I forgot about that. Yep. yep. Yeah, the the Heskel thing was just at the end. It was kind of annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it was funny. It kind of got, it was, I don't know if you guys noticed the stages of enemies. Right. So, uh, I mean, you know, took me a second once I killed everybody in the first wave, like, okay, what do I do? And then I realized, oh, there's like, you know, stuff leading up to the hole and okay, go, go drop a, a bomb in there. But um, every wave after the first one kind of got easier, right? There weren't like, like the first wave, it was a bunch of dudes and a bunch of those red flying fuckers coming in. Um, but after that, it was like, they still would send a lot more dudes, but usually they were kind of the weaker ones. Um, it wasn't until the last stage when they threw a bunch of those big like gorilla dudes at you, right? That it got tough again. But for the most part, it was just like kill a wave, go drop some bombs, kill a wave, go drop some bombs. The oh oh no, the acid or whatever came and covered the area. It was like, what do I do? It was like, oh, there's a vent. Just go up the vent. So and then they help you in the vent because there's a whole bunch of armor and stuff in there. But. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. was I mean, laser. it was exciting. What it was kind of cool. Like the the thing I did like about that fight is that like they hooked you up with literally everything to mm-hmm. play with, and they gave you a whole bunch of dudes to kill. So it was just mm-hmm. like you'd run around, get a bunch of chain gun ammo, get the double damage or whatever the the extra damage buff is, and you just hose them all down. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty fun. Like that that was a good enjoyable experience. And then there was just during that boss fight, I remember there just being one really big oh shit moment where like, I don't know how many there were, but those like dog things that we were talking about that leap at you, there was like eight or nine of them that are all just running at you. So it was kind of like... That was that that final stage where I said got real tough because it was like, I tried that part like two times and I'm like screw it. And if you timed it right, when you would drop a couple bombs in and Heskel's like, okay, I got, I'm done with this. They do this like wave to push you a wave away. Um, I would line myself up so I could turn, you know, 180 and jump and you could get on that top platform. Yeah. So I did it. So whenever that happened, I could just run back into a vent and right back up and just drop some bombs and not even deal with those dog things. Cause <laughs> I mean, yeah, they take a ton. And I, I was running around with the minigun just trying to clear them out and, they just kind of swarm in on you. And since they, since they hit like a truck, it was just like, yeah, yeah you'll die really quick. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to stay on that outer ring and they never got up there. So I just kept dropping little, those little, uh, what were they like mines or whatever? Oh, mm-hmm. I just kept yeah. dropping them on top cool. of them. Those were cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. This is, 
kind of easy. Not really sure where my challenge is. But right. I mean, to to your point, Rich, I did like, yeah, that they just gave you everything. So you right. could use your mm-hmm. whole arsenal. I have this problem in games, especially when there's like these special weapons or heavy weapons that I hoard them. You know, there's there's going to be a perfect time to got to save, you know, rocket launchers for whatever moment. Right. You know what? I need them. And then you get through the level. And it's like, you know, use your rocket launcher. So I have whatever problem that's called in video games. So a lot of the game, like I would hold on to like the minigun ammo and the grenade launcher and not use them a lot. Um, so here it was like sweet. You know, I noticed there's just ammo everywhere. Just let me go to town. And I just, yeah, just murdered everything with everything that I had. So right. I did that same thing with the chain gun um, up until the airship where I was like, oh my God, this is just endless box of ammo. Cool. Now I used it like in every single scenario moving forward. And I <laughs> yeah. never had ammo for it. I was like, this is dumb. Right. <laughs> Where's my never ending box? Yeah. Yeah. I tried yeah. to use it as much as I could just because I liked that. It was just like, it was one of those guns that just felt so powerful because like as you would shoot it, it would like slowly push you back as you shot mm-hmm. it. And I love that. It felt like a big reminder to like back original Wolfenstein when you first pick up that, you know, the chain gun or the minigun for that. And it was just so bad ass to have that honking thing in the middle of your screen, just mowing stuff down. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, they I definitely like got the feel of a lot of the weapons to uh, to feel pretty good when you're using them. Like, I think, like, like using the bowling bombs was just, I don't know, I always, I liked using them because it was fun to use them, that you just basically just roll a big-ass grenade down, like, a hallway or something like that and just let it take care of whatever business is down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Unless you're me, you hit the corner of the hallway and it blows up on you. Or that <laughs> happens, yeah. <laughs> a lot. um so beyond that i mean what i guess what are your guys's overall impressions of the game at large you know like you know i guess let's talk you know like you know how how did the levels feel you know how did the the overall gameplay feel did you guys think it was fun i i mean i enjoyed it a lot It, it was that kind of old school you know feeling you know old school shooter i I didn't struggle a lot of points but it definitely did feel inconsistent at times um i mean there were times where it was just like you know some enemies would just hit like a truck and other times you'd just be mowing down through some enemies and um it seemed to kind of maybe it was just me very sometimes level to level um you know i i mean level design you know they did have a map but i didn't find that too terribly uh, helpful but again, that's kind of just old school design where, you know, yeah. you're just kind of running around and exploring and just figuring your way through. So, again, it's kind of like, OK, it's just, you know, that's old style. But I mean, it's the point of the game. So it's hard to kind of nitpick it for that, you know, where I was running around, you know, once or twice going like, well, where do I go next? But it's, again, it's it's that's the type of game it is. So you can't really complain about it. It's just more pointed out that it's an old 90s game and that's how they were. Right. Um, but I mean, it, Overall, I mean, I had a blast playing it, you know, would have liked more story, right? Why am I shooting these things? Why did they run my drink at the bar? I don't think a story was needed, really. I mean, (laughs) you're just, you know, you're an officer going to take some people to task, right? Um, I do wish just based on some of your comments that they did a little more handholding. Um, just because if if you've never played one of these before, like if you're a younger gamer who's never been through a game like this, 
good luck. Like they don't even give you like an idea that you can roll a bomb into a wall and blow it up mm-hmm. and go through it. Right. And that's in some areas, that's how you proceed in the level. Like you, you can't get through, uh, what was it? The, um, the fan level, um, there's a spot where you have to blow up a wall to get through. Otherwise you're just stuck in that room. And that's where I finally really learned. You have to destroy terrain around you. I mean, I've done it in the past, but currently you had to destroy terrain around you to even get through the levels. So I wish there would have been something like an explosion that, you know, opened up a pathway that happened later on, uh, if I recall correctly, but not, you know, before that you didn't see something get destroyed and that was your way through. So honestly, what this game was missing for the whole, and they probably had this in the physical edition, right? Was the manual. The manual is always where you learned a lot of this stuff, right? That's you where the read, story destroy was. Destroy walls with the bomb. That's where the story right. was, that where they talked about the weapons. Um, so you could buy as part of, you know, their exclusive stuff. There was uh back when it launched, you could buy physical copies of it. I think it came with like a digital code anyways, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, if you're thinking back to that time and, you know, the eighties and nineties, you know, a lot of that information was, you know, you didn't have those like training levels or those hand holding. It was just, here's a manual and mm-hmm. this is how bo- this is the bowling ball and here or bowling bomb. And this is how it works and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, but yeah, I mean, to your point, if, if there's people that have never played a game like that, yeah, this, they're going to struggle with this, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I always struggle with these kind of games. I mean, same thing with even the recent doom games is it's not my, my mindset. I'm way more used to tactical shooters than I am running gun, you know, just, run circles around the enemies and hope for the best. Like the amount of times that the length of time it took me to kind of sit there and realize, right. I have to keep moving. If I'm just going to stand still every time I come around a corner, I'm going to keep dying. Um, but that being said, it was, it did bring me a lot of nostalgia from playing Duke Nukem 3d uh, when I was a, a wee, wee little Chris, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. I mean, you know, we've talked a little bit about how this game is kind of a a nice, you know, they they blend a few things from modern games and blend and blend that with, you know, retro 90s sort of features. Um I suppose is there any features that you wish that they would have kept from the 90s or vice versa do you wish that they would have added from you know, modern games and brought that into here. For example, like personally, I wish that they wouldn't have added in reloading. I I really hated that they added in the reloading, but at the same time, one of the features that I really, really appreciated was um, the way that you get the sense of level progression. Um, What I mean by that is, is like when you grab a key card or you unlock a door, like a really special door or something like that, it'll actually start respawning enemies in rooms that you've previously traveled. And that's not something that you really got in 90s games where it was like you kind of mopped out the map and that was it. Those were the only enemies that you would ever really find on the map. So that was really nice where I felt like it made me feel like I was definitely going the right direction when you know, I was going, you know, backtracking through another area and then there would be guys where I had already killed guys in. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is definitely the way that I'm supposed to go. 
that was one of the things that I really appreciated about. Um, it helped guide you design. back to wherever you were supposed to go next. Yeah. Right. Right. I think the thing that was missing for me was the chainsaw. Where was the chainsaw? <laughs> I just, that, I just wanted to just get up to that. I think that was in most of those older stun baton. Yeah. Great. Cool. You have a stick. Not and nearly Duke as cool Nukem, as it was chainsaw. a boot. Yeah. And Duke That's Nukem, true. you had the boot. Mm-hmm. You just kicked it in the face. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe I'm thinking a lot more of the lines of like uh, Doom. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Guy. I just I wish they would have had a little more of a a cool melee presence than like the beat stick. Like I tried it a few the times. Electrifier. Yeah, and the only times that I ever used it is when I ran out of ammo and like hit the scroll wheel and was like, "Oh crap, that's the next one up." Oh, it just you know I, I wish they'd have had a better melee weapon. So you know the chainsaw for me. Um, I did like. And maybe this is me not remembering the old games, but I did like the idea that you could actually aim to corners and things like that. It wasn't just a, you know, you're pointing the screen towards something and shooting um, and it hits whatever's closest. I I think that's how, if I remember correctly, like Wolfenstein went way back in the day. Um, I don't remember having as much control in the aiming department. So I enjoyed that. I think it was the technology of the time, having a ball in the mouse instead of a laser. Mm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that would have sucked. Get, you, you know, it's after it's been years. You know, Dad didn't buy well, you a new one, right. so there's like dust and stuff <laughs> yeah. and little wheels oh, in there God. for tracking. Right. And- I hear the the collector's edition actually provides you a dusty ball mouse that you have to like take it apart and clean the shit out <laughs> oh of it. Oh my God, I hated those so much. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you you've twice mentioned Rich Jake, about the the having to reload your weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure where you get them because I found out afterwards. After beating the game, there are cheats in the game. Oh, really? And you can and there is a Which no is clip, just like old school. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know that I mean, or even use no. any, but but I mean, to your point, I could see. Yeah, a lot of those games didn't have clips. You know, you just shot and whatever ammo you, know, you had is what you had. Yeah. It, it didn't have two separate trackers for each gun: one for your clip, one for the total ammo. Though, yeah. when you say no clip, do you mean like no clipping, like all the other games of that era? I thought no clip was. I think, there was I think no, he means no magazine. No. no. I, I thought it was called no clip. Oh, no Maybe clip. Maybe I'm misremembering. Well, at least when, you know, from a lot of games of that era, no clip was just like flying around the map. Yeah. Oh, no okay. clip. where you could find um, John Romero's head in the original. Was it the original Doom? Dooms, yeah. I'd have to look it up then because my brain went to like no clip is, you know, no, no magazine or clip in your gun. So maybe, maybe it doesn't have that. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to pull up the cheats here, but um, yeah, I, I'm, it's just years and that's years. I just, just misremembered that. <laughs> yeah. That's usually just the standard. That's mm-hmm. what people usually refer it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that, you know, they kept really fast movement kind of a la doom 2016 and doom eternal. You know, like you didn't really need you don't really need a sprint when you already move fast, which kind of always makes me wonder like why they ever started putting sprint in games in the first place rather than just let you move fast. Because you gotta feel real. Like you gotta feel like <laughs> you have control. Do you wanna move slow right now? Maybe. No, I Do don't go fast. You gotta move fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanna move fast. Sonic. Gotta go fast. Yeah, that was um not having played Doom in a while uh while or a game like that. Um it took me a little bit to get used to that kind of real skatey, floaty. I don't know what you you know, 
yeah that mm-hmm. feel but yeah once i once i got it then it was just yeah just running around a lot of really murdering. fast movement yeah um i like that but yeah it was it was good um I, yeah i wish i mean works in some games but yeah there was an over reliance on the, the sprint stuff and during what was that probably the 360 era right i'd say there's a lot of good and bad things that came out of the 360 PS3 era. Sure. Did it ever bother you when you didn't have unlimited sprint? Like, I think that changed in the middle. Like, you had unlimited sprint in some games, and then they're like, oh, that's not real enough. And then, like, Call of Duty came yeah. along, and you're like, I'm going to sprint across the field. And then you get caught out in the middle of the shit. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that bothered me. I'll, I'll, uh, because I need to bring it up in, in every podcast. Uh, I'm actually playing through Destiny 1 with my, my younger brother and uh, his friend. And they don't have unlimited sprint net. I'm just so pissed. Oh, back why? to I am furious. Right. Just why, Matt? Um, so one, I'm I'm gonna agree with um, Matt on this one. Um, this is from slightly earlier. I do wish there was more story in this game. Um, around the same time, most of the PC world was playing Duke Nukem. I got to play um, because my family was was heavy on Mac. Um, I got to play this excellent, excellent, excellent first-person shooter from um, a tiny little company. Uh, the game was called Marathon. Ah, and never they heard actually, of it. I was wondering if, <laughs> if you were going there. Yeah, I love that game so much. Um, yeah. and, and it did. It. I mean, it did text story. It didn't like there weren't like cutscenes and all that kind of crap, but. It did manage to give you a pretty compelling story in the middle of a really good first-person shooter. Right. Um, yeah, that was kind of the era where they were really trying to amp up the amount of storytelling that they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you get things like Half-Life that really tried to like, you know, hammer that home as kind of a big piece of the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize I, I had to be reminded, but uh, Marathon actually came out before Duke Nukem. Did it? Yeah. Nice. surprisingly two years wow yeah i think i played M- marathon Dur- durandal yeah the marathon one. two durandal i yeah. played I, I never beat it but i played a bunch of that game so much i've never played them before some I, uh, I i gotta try it but you know who makes them <laughs> don't even know there's well, a lot of that. hints there's a lot of story that kind of goes across their their uh, <laughs> ips that they've made Mm-hmm. There is to... so much of it. It's crazy. Are you being am... serious? You don't know who made this game? I, I do know who made the game. Okay. Yeah. Does Mike? Mike? I just said it. Can you not hear me? Blizzard, I can hear you. I, can hear you. Yeah. I don't hear you say it, though. I said Bungie. Yeah. 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 No, I know who made that. I was, yeah. was going to interject here and say, how the hell did we get a comment about Destiny, Marathon, and Half-Life? And I don't even get to say shit about Zelda. Like, <laughs> Wait, how does this happen? In an Ion Fury episode. (laughs) Where's the first person Zelda? Yeah, I'm I'm down for a first person Zelda shooter. Yeah. You can use your uh, Joy Cons as your. Doesn't the. um, What's it called? Is it the Master Sword? Doesn't it have like lasers in one of the games? It lasers. Yeah, it can. Like all of them. Is it the Master Sword? Yeah. 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 Once okay. it's, you know, at like full health, you can. <laughs> I just didn't know if I was shots. pissing off Zelda fans everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, you probably good. are, but yeah. it's nothing. I new. just love playing as the main character, Zelda, and having that Master Sword. There you go. I pissed people off. Are you welcome? <laughs> no, that was intentional. <laughs> back to Ion Fury. Yeah. <laughs> back yeah, to the point of the game. Were, yeah. What game were we talking about? I can't remember anymore. Yeah. 
No, um, Ion Fury was a fun. Is fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I really liked the levels. I thought the le- they did a really good job with a lot of the, like you know some of them were kind of confusing enough mm-hmm. to make me feel like they were very maze like. But the cool thing about a lot of those is that they felt really well built. Like a lot mm. of the areas didn't feel recycled or anything like that. Like it all felt very right. different as you progress through each of the stages. It was really cool. And I um one of the things I really liked, you know, that they kind of pulled from more modern games too, is that they they took full advantage of the usage of set pieces. So, you know, you had things like, you know, a lot of like buildings crumbling around and you saw mm-hmm. shit flying by and you yeah. know, a lot of stuff going on around the entire level that you don't really interact with. It just like it definitely sold the feeling of, you know, there's stuff going on, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. I mean, normally I would give Call of Duty shit for their over reliance on set pieces. But I mean, I think, you know, kind of sprinkled in there. It's a it's a nice spice. I like them. I think it was the third level where you're fighting through the the skyscrapers. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that's where you see like the buildings crumbling and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I did kind of have an argument for some two of the later levels. I wasn't a big fan of like the sewers. It just wasn't that yeah. exciting. Um, that was more just it was wasn't an exciting area. Not that it was poorly designed or anything. Um, and the I think it was second to last level. The laboratory was kind of a little bit confusing. I never got stuck, but it was just kind of at a certain point. You're just, I just was just kind of wandering and killing things at one point. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't even remember what I'm looking for. I mean, which, I mean, it's kind of a dumb thing to forget since you're just looking for a colored key. It's either blue, yellow, or red, right? Or a switch. <laughs> or a yep. switch. Um, but I, yeah, there was one point where I'm just kind of, I fought through it, felt like a, just a massive circle or something like that. Just kept going through these tunnels and areas. And then I came back out where like I started and I'm like, oh, I guess we're back here. So, um, again, not really a complaint, but it was just that it was just a big level and didn't really have a good sense of direction of where I was going. But I, I did like that every time, um, usually at least I should say, um, when you use the key nearby, there's a camera station that you oh. can use and it kind of focuses on what the key changed. Yeah. You try to see if it jogs your memory to go find it mm-hmm. instead of having, since you don't have waypoints or anything like that, that we're used to looking for it still tried to help you out a little bit right yeah and i'm glad that you brought that up too because i remember i mean that was something that was used quite a bit in the duke nukem games but usually they just kind of pointed at like oh yeah here's an area here's an area this has some enemies in it or whatever this might be a a random joke yeah right this one actually like they actually put a game usage for those cameras and basically Mm -hmm. kind of showing you oh there's where the door might be, or there's, you know, a path that you will probably want to go down. You know, that it was like a hint, so to speak, if you uh, were using the cameras and that was a really, really good use for him too. Like it was both nostalgic and useful. So I thought that was cool Mm -hmm. for me on the level design. Like, and I think part of it was kind of that floating aspect with how you moved. Uh, It's the bane of my existence in all first person shooters. Uh, It's, jumping mechanics mm. i could not for the life of me get through some of those levels in one go just because one i couldn't feel the landings yeah. right like you would jump onto something and it didn't feel like you landed on the next platform because you're like it just wasn't there um and then jumping onto the next one and the next one you know i had to redo it several times one because i suck at jumping mechanics in, a, in an fps two i couldn't feel it so i really wish that they would have done a little more 
um, with maybe gravity or something like that um, with your movements. It was, I was thinking about that as you're talking. It was like, yeah, the jumping mechanic was definitely Janky. an area where they didn't change yeah. anything because right. there was a couple of times where even just in some areas where you're trying to, you, you maybe have to jump on one thing to jump to another, to just get like some ammo or health pack or something. What was it? What was it? There was one level where it's just like, I just want to jump on this ledge, but I jump on it and I slide <laughs> off or yeah. like you don't want to over jump something. So you stop pressing forward, but then you just drop like straight down. Yeah. And and it was just, again, that, that was kind of more the, that was the jump of the tie, you know, in the nineties. So <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't really complain, but it was, it was like, maybe hop. that's, yeah, maybe that's a area they could have touched up a little bit. <laughs> that's, I'll retro that into my like uh, areas that I wish they would have taken from a new yeah. a new game is you know add some gravity to the jumping mechanic so you can feel mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, you know even a sound effect, right? Like just so you know you touched it, that would have been good. Yeah, I distinctly remember after blowing up the airship, having to bounce on the. Um, little planters outside the building to get in and just assuming like this is going to take me like seven times. I'm going to make sure I save right here. I'm going to keep falling down. And I actually don't think I did on that one. I'm, I played it safe enough, but I, I thought that was a glitch where the doors weren't opening and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I realized the windows are, were blown up and open. And I was like, Oh, there's the planters, but yeah. See, and I saw a switch. So I started shooting at it like, Oh, all right, I'll shoot the switch. It'll open the door. This is perfect. This is really well, cool. Oh, no, that doesn't do it. If you walk up to the doors where you kind of came out to that that patio ledge area or whatever rooftop, you hear the doors open. But the the big metal shutter that blocks you out is still down. But yeah, Um, I did want to kind of follow up on your point with the art um, and like the set pieces. I think that's something that definitely, you know, being made now benefited the game because you know, not having to worry about how many kilobytes the game was and, and all these weird restrictions, as weird as it sounds too, with the, the engine they use in, uh, you know, kind of an updated engine of the times, like there was a lot of detail. There was a lot of like detail put into the sets. Um, it was visually, you know, really cool. Like I remember going into one of the levels and you're kind of in a command station and there's just like TVs and stuff everywhere. And I was like, this is kind of just a cool little, little setting, but yeah, the amount of detail they were able to cram into that, you know, those spaces really, really helped. Yeah. And I mean, what the, uh, the game itself is, they cram that into like 30 meg. It's not very big, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking the at it, the, uh, the minimum or yeah, the required space for your hard drive is a hundred megabits, megabytes. Sorry to say those are two different things. Yeah, they are two and- different things. <laughs> I know computers. I um I did laugh. You you guys probably saw a bunch of these going through, like the jokes throughout the level. Um, not necessarily or, or like the Easter eggs, the different things like that. Like when I got into um uh, he, uh Heskel's House of Horrors, that one got me pretty good. I mean, a lot of the levels have you know some names that are like little callbacks to different things, but sure. I you know I liked um when you go to Heskel's house and it was just called Heskel's house of horror. Cause I'm just like, that's totally a reference to Hugo's house of horrors. If you remember that text-based adventure game, um, you know, where you're, you're kind of figuring out how to get through the house and say, what was their name? Penelope, I think was your girlfriend or something, but yeah, no, it, like little things like that. Or, I mean, there's even more modern references where they did anybody else catch that. 
catch what that, that Hugo's House of Horror the mm-hmm. the reference. I had no idea. Uh, I didn't yeah. catch that either. Yeah, uh, did you guys ever play Hugo's House of Horror? <laughs> no, I was nope. wondering if you were like an outlier, like. <laughs> like it oh. totally was a callback to this thing and everyone else is like what the hell are you talking yeah, are you about? sure yeah but i mean but the, uh, we'll look it up we'll share it maybe i'll even find some pictures of it and throw it on the instagram but um no i just felt like everywhere there was like just little details here and there of just some goofy funny things that they hit in there or some references you know obviously things she said i, I what got right. me was when you're in the train level there was a poster on the wall that was um was it it's it's the uh, uh, um from the movie the room it was a you know i did not hit her i did not type thing and um it, it was for mark's relationship counseling service <laughs> just like you know little things like uh, that were just like hidden throughout the level and i'm sure i missed a ton of them but yeah yeah there's guys. a lot of references especially um, I mean, even in her voice lines yeah, yeah. Her, oh and, yeah her voice lines have a yeah, lot those were kind of the more obvious ones but yeah i mean if you kind of stopped and um here you go. I'm going to squeeze this one in here, Rich. Um, there's a periodic table um, and somebody scribbled on it. Science bitch. Nice. It's a reference a to it's always bad. sunny in Philadelphia. So actually, I think that's a, that's a breaking bad reference. Not a, it's always sunny. Well, it could reference. be. That, yeah. That's well, what you've just, never seen. It's always sunny. So just Maybe saying sunny took it from, I know the, it could meme. be both. It could be both. That's, that's Jesse, you know, Jesse goes <laughs> science bitch. There you go. That's kind of his thing. Okay. Um, it's probably that one, but it made me think of this, the <laughs> the it's all, it's always sunny episode. So yeah, the, all, all the, references originate from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, everybody should reference that. A, a nice little Easter egg they put in there that I caught on uh, Haskell's House of Horrors. They had a tomb for K. Katarn. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which that's sad, but also cool. I mean, I didn't yeah. notice that, but I like that. I didn't see that yep. one. Yeah, because you know, around the same time, Duke Nukem, all these other games are coming out. We had our Dark Forces. Dark Forces. And... I just played that not too long ago either. That's yeah, a good game. It is a damn good game. And yeah, so of there's... course, thanks to Disney, none of it matters anymore. Yet. Yet. Yeah, that's true. He could always come back, and our troopers will... did come back. That's Gotta true. Recycle a major... the stuff at some point, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. they kind of ditch some of the characters sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, the, I did like bringing back those. The, bringing back the dark troopers is kind of a good sign of hope. That's true. It is. Did you say yeah, it's a the, new hope? It is a new hope. Ah! Excellent. Oh I like my it. God. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, the the game is chock full of '90s and you know movie quotes and song lyrics and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just yeah there, there was a lot of pop culture reference in this game that clearly an, like a 90s love letter I can't wait to introduce you guys to Hugo's House of Horror <laughs> is, is that your next pick that, yeah, is that, will that be your next <laughs> <Yeah>. pick <laughs> alright guys I need you to all go on... find an adventure game from 1990 yeah, um, there that, is a, does that happen uh, to be on Game Pass Matt <laughs> no but there are multiple websites out there uh, that catalog old dos games you can play right in your browser i love so, it i'll do it i was actually play playing it. um is this something we could do is this like a stream night thing we could i mean you know we could we'd all have to stream it individually they didn't have co-op in Hugo's oh podcast. boy does that look dated yeah you looked no, it up it is not oh my gosh game. that's not even as good as like if you ever played the original like friday the 13th on nintendo like that looked better than this oh that was oh man rough. 
I'd be good. down. I love playing retro games. And I mean, like I said, like this was kind of a big reason why I decided to pick this because this definitely mm-hmm. like I love going back and playing old games. I mean, you know, my my wife and I have just been kind of um going through a lot of our old like CD cases and I found that I still have a copy of like the original Sim City. And so I decided to, you know, grab like a DOS box and go through and play that. And that was just a grand old time. It was horrible, but it was just like still the, fun in its own way. Like SimCity 2000? No, before that, SimCity, not 2000. That was on CD? It was on probably a floppy disk at the time. Yeah, I, I would imagine that'd be floppy. Did you have the little red book? No, I would just I just have a disc. It was came from like a collector's edition at some point of like a okay. bunch of different sim games. So it had like Sim City, Sim Tower, Sim Zoo, Sim Streets of Sim City, like a bunch of sim games that probably a lot of people have never heard of. Did you the... plague your town with natural disasters once you built it? No. But I did get a tornado. <laughs> nice. Then uh, I I believe I think this might be a little bit before my time, but um, the original Sim Cities, uh, Sim City, and I, I think a lot of games at the time would would ship with like code books. Mm. It was their, it was their, uh, was it DRM at the time, right? You didn't have a lot of it, but so if you didn't have this code book to look at the different shapes and then go put in whatever password was next to it in the book, you couldn't start up the game. I'm sure there was easy ways to hack around it, but you know when you're you're eight and you're over at your friend's house and you can't find the red book to play Sim City, <laughs> Sim City, it was uh, annoying. Never had that problem with my Nintendo or my Sega. Mm. You, just, you, just, you just put it in. You just grab a cartridge or, or those little big zip-up baggies that you put like 60 cartridges in and then you just yep. haul it over to your friend's house and mm-hmm. sleep well, over we all time. Know why, we all know why Mike didn't have a PC. You know, they're they're just a fat, so that's why he was That's the Nintendo. best <laughs> thing that I've ever heard. Like. <sighs> Um, other than that, I think that's all I really have. You know, this is, I you know I thought that this game was actually pretty good. It was definitely a good '90s callback. So if you're really interested in, uh, you know, kind of a '90s nostalgia, I think this is probably another one of those uh, a good title to play. You know, if you're really into shooters and things like that. Um, pretty safe to say across the board, all four of us would say go play it. It's a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd probably you know say you know. Wait for a Steam sale, and definitely Ooh, after yeah, listening to yep. us, you know, just know what kind of game you're getting into. You know, um, as we've talked a bunch here, you know, it's it's not it's it's an older game <laughs> essentially, even though it only recently released. So uh, just yeah, know I, what you're getting into. Just to double down on that, you know, waiting for a sale, it's a pretty hefty price tag because I didn't realize I bought it on sale. Uh, it's a pretty hefty price tag for the size or the length of the game. Like yeah, it's, uh, the game's not long. I think no. I think I beat it in like eleven hours or something like that. Playability is kind of not there unless you haven't mm-hmm. played it for a little while. Although, or, funny or... enough, I mean, as you know, I, I didn't even mean for this to happen, but just like within days, they actually just announced that they're coming out with like an expansion to yeah. Ion Fury. Mm-hmm. It's called Iron Fury Aftershock, and it's coming out like this summer. So they're doing a whole bunch of, you know, it's a whole bunch of new content plus a, an arrange mode for the campaign and all that. I mean, this isn't really supposed to like. I'm not trying to sell the game or the expansion, but funny enough that it just so yeah. happens that yeah, there just happens to be a an expansion coming out for it. 
but uh, definitely yeah. like on a steam sale sure like i oh, would yeah. i would highly recommend it on 100 percent. yeah um three of us beat it in 10 hours one of us i can't tell because they left the game running left continuously <laughs> i left the game running for freaking ever so oh, you have 126 hours <laughs> according to steam wow so, so I, I walked i walked away from it and it just ran you're, so. you're just trying to find all the secret areas no i no I literally <laughs> walked away from my computer to go handle something else um and i never came back it was like three four days of just like <laughs> just running, running. <laughs> don't lie mike yeah. you just really really liked this game <laughs> <laughs> no I, I bet you that's the longest hours i have on any steam game too that's but. a I had that happen with one of the games on Steam too, where it was just like I even like I like closed it, but some I think it was it was an Ubisoft game, but the launcher was still running. Yeah, and it was like my buddy had just bought it for me a couple of days earlier as a, a gift, and he's like, "Wow, you really like that game?" And like I only <laughs> like played like thirty minutes of it. And he's like, "Here's the you know just, I saw you on all the time. You got like sixty hours into it." Nice. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I think that about wraps it up for the episode, unless you gentle feathers have any other ideas or yeah. thoughts to throw out there. Um, so coming up next for our book club, uh, it's a mic pick and I'm going to throw an RPG at you. Um, not the grenade, but the game um, as Matt has crossed out my game, I will change our mind <laughs> and we're playing bombshell. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, so, you know, taking a look at some games that I've really wanted to just play. Uh, for a while um we're gonna jump into undertale i haven't played it yet i've heard a lot of really good things about it um so hopefully we can uh, have a good time working through that force matt to play an rpg game for once um yeah, i play rpgs just the witcher is an rpg kind of like this is this is it's different an action rpg yeah so this join us that. join us yeah. play undertale yeah, yeah. with us mm-hmm. join our discord talk to us about it it's free on Matt's favorite service. So, well, not free. If you're paying for Game Pass, you get it. Um, otherwise, I will probably be playing on the Switch. I think uh, a couple of you are playing on the Xbox, and we will have a PC player as well. Yeah. So we get a wide gamut of uh, you know places to play. Yeah, it is on, it's on Game Pass, like Xbox and PC Game Pass. So, yep. yeah. Yep, yep. I just, uh, I just uh, connected with me that we're now playing two retro-themed games back-to-back. Is it really retro themed though? I mean, it's, sty- it's art Stylized, style, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be three once we get to my pick, and it's uh, Hugo's House of Horrors. Oh my god, <laughs> that'll be a really short book club episode. It would be super. <laughs> well, if you liked what you heard, check us out at our website, campfiregamingpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at campgamepod, or check out our Instagram and like some of our pictures. Uh, they're mostly of Matt wearing weird video game accessories. Uh, campfire gaming podcast is our instagram as well um i think that wraps us up for today so we'll see you next time around the campfire